Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Are you ready for one of the best parts of your week? It is time once again to talk running in faith. And joining me, as usual, is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. It's Monday before Thanksgiving. You know what that means. The Black Friday start sale starts today. Oh, yeah. So if you go on our website and you use the discount code CHRISTMAS, you're going to get 25% off almost everything. And when I, the only reason I say almost is the one-year membership gift box. That's just already such a deal. We can't we can't discount that. But so the sale starts today, goes through next Monday, which is Cyber Monday. Go to runforgod.com, go to the store, use the code CHRISTMAS, and you're going to get 25% off everything you buy. What better way to open up a podcast than that? Yeah. <laughs> Time to load up. That's right. Load up. Uh, it's a great day. Uh, for runners and walkers, you know, one thing, one of the thing that you and I kind of got to get used to is uh, we've always had some walkers, but we've always the walkers have always just kind of they've just kind of trailed with us. Right. But, but we're we're talking directly to walkers when we talk about some of these things. Aren't I've we? become a walker. You are a walker. Yeah, That's I'm, right. I'm a walking maniac right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, starting in January, we're we're officially opening the doors to walkers and and i'm still experimenting up until this point i've pretty much done exactly what the running schedule says and i i'm looking ahead and i'm thinking i may i may experiment with a few things in the last few weeks the or the last weeks before we kind of taper off especially when we get into those much longer runs um so stay tuned i i'm not going to say we're following the running schedule to a T, especially at the very end, because uh, some of those walks are getting, that's a long time yeah. to be out there walking. Yeah, um, so I may well, try so I may try one day of, of breaking that up, a morning and an afternoon. Um, you know, some people do that in running. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, we, I've never really done that in running, but I, I think it may be a good thing, because I'm trying to be conscious of time yeah. as well, because, um, you know, it's it, it's a long time to be out there. But, you know, if you're, if some of our slower runners out there they're, they're used it. to being out there for that long That's, so I'm, I'm still kind of trying to decide how i'm going to finish off these last three or four weeks yeah well we've so. had a few questions a few emails yeah from people asking that question about what the walking schedule is going to look like those are the those are the, the mitchells out yeah. there the deans out there wouldn't have even thought to ask that question sure. yet, but the, the mitchells have started asking yeah up so. until this point it's been exactly the same if it's yeah. been an interval workout or a tempo workout or a hill workout now those hill workouts get long too yeah, um but up until this point it's been exactly the same um and it, and it may wind up being the same all the way through i'm just gonna try to figure that out here yeah. in the past few in the last few weeks but yeah i'm I'm kind of the uh guinea pig in this process so but i'm having fun with it well it's exciting for sure all right so let's get to our sponsor for this week again if you want to uh become a run for god sponsor and support what we're doing and, and allow us to support what you're doing in the process uh you can send an email to run lane hollis at gmail.com lane and get you all the information and 
and even get on the phone with you and talk you through it if you've got questions. Uh, but our sponsor for this week is Chastain Concrete. Um, for over 50 years, uh, Chastain Concrete has been finishing concrete, specializing in commercial concrete finishing using the S240 laser screed when necessary. Um, give them a call at 706-278-3542 for additional information. I think I've talked about this somewhere here before. That uh, that laser screed they have, if you don't know anything about concrete finishing, uh, which I assume most people listening to this don't. It sounds impressive. But it's it's a very, uh, it's a pretty cool thing. It's one of those, it's one of those machines that you see on some of these uh, TV shows, like how it's made and things like that. But it yeah. it's basically this big screed that just, will finish as far as the eye can see down to, I think it's one one hundredth of an inch. Oh my goodness. So completely flat floors. And, uh, it's pretty amazing. I mean, all the home depots, Lowe's, Walmart's, they all use this kind of technology, but it's, uh, it's really cool to see. And, and Chastain's got that kind of equipment. That's pretty cool. How about a Facebook post from this past week? This one comes from Jim Stimson, who, if mm-hmm. you're on that Facebook page, you've seen that name a lot because yeah. he posts regularly. Um, and he says this, after being gone for four days, I decided to do my long, easy run today. Felt perfect out today at 64 degrees. As I ran this morning, I was praying for Run for God members, friends from church in Lake Havasu and California, really made the run go by quickly. Loving the journey, judging by the radar sign, I was running 29 miles per hour, and then a car went by. (laughs) (laughs) So he has such great posts. And, you know, this this is what makes Run Club so awesome a lot of times is, knowing yeah that we have we have folks out there like that sure um you know we've gotten some text messages even from folks that uh, just said hey just want you to know i'm praying for you this week and just it's so awesome to be part of a group that's supporting one another like you don't realize how much those text messages mean yeah um you know and and it should be a reminder to us to do that for other people yeah um but i've got a question that's just digging at me have you ever have you ever seen how fast you could go running? Because I know there used to be one up near Cahutta, or there is one near Cahutta at um, Red Clay. There used, there to, be used a, to be one. Yeah. So did you ever see how time. fast you could get while no. running by? No, no. But I, I have I have run by police officers as they're running radar and <laughs> and try to get them to to tell me how fast I'm going and to give you a ticket. They don't uh, they don't usually do that. So. See the one up at uh, Red Clay. That's a twenty five. No, it's a thirty mile an hour speed zone. Yeah. And when it used to have the radar right there, that would when we were riding when I would ride bikes a lot, we would always try to break the speed limit right there. <laughs> see how fast we could get. But, That's uh, awesome. Yeah, we, we know what you're talking about, Jim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, one of the, he's talking about praying while he's running. And a lot of times you hear people ask, Well, running seems so boring. Well, I'll tell you what, you get you a good prayer list going Mm -hmm. and those runs will go by in a hurry Mm -hmm. when you do that. Uh, It's a good thing to kind of take your mind off the run. If that's the, I prefer kind of focusing on the run. A lot of people prefer to focus away from the run and, and it's, but neither one is right. They're both okay. And this is a good way to do it, um, to, to, to kind of pass that time and, you know, to kill two birds with one stone. I mean, I hate to be that flippant about prayer, right. but it really is doing two very important things sure. at the same time. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I love this. 
<clears throat> the whole idea, the whole 29 mile per hour thing, though. I mean, he was. <laughs> yeah, I, I think if I'm he not. He should have got a picture before the car came by, held up his phone and took a picture yeah. of it. Yeah. Of him running. That would have been classic. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I think that's like world record. I think the world record fastest human being is like 29 miles per hour. Is it really? I think so. I may be wrong, but wow, I, I'm that's thinking. Insane. I'm thinking that's maybe it's no, maybe it's less than that. That's fast. That is fast. Well, anyway, we did have a trivia question from last week. And our trivia question was, what is a side stitch and what causes it? Mm. This is very interesting because I thought the science was settled on side stitches. Well, Mm -hmm. guess what? It's not. See, I thought it was settled. I did too. Until I read this. Yes. And so I, I looked this up and I, and I found this kind of the same thing in more than one location. So I feel like, um, although it sounds like maybe most people feel like it's one thing, mm-hmm. they really aren't sure exactly what it is. So um, it says that uh, 70% of runners experience this phenomenon in a year. So 70% of runners will get some kind of a side stitch within it within a year. And really? I mean, I do it every year. I know I do it at least once a year. I feel like I've only ever had three or four. Really? Ever since I've been running. Yeah. Huh. Now they yeah. were pretty bad when I got them. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I very rarely have this happen. It's usually a, a localized pain. It's usually like you said, it's a sharp pain mm-hmm. and it's, it's down, it's around your abdomen area, usually on one side or the other, hence the name side stitch. Mm-hmm. It's also known as exercise related transient abdominal pain. <laughs> that's, uh, that's gotta a, have that medical term in there. Yeah. That's a bit too much for me. <laughs> um, the, the, the short form is ETAP. I like that. ETAP sounds good. Um, but what are the causes? The right. causes are, there's a few different things they think may cause it. And one of them, and the one that I always thought was the reason, is a muscle spasm sure. in your diaphragm. So when you breathe, your your lungs, they expand and they contract. And the way that they can expand and contract, or part of the way they expand and contract, is be, your diaphragm opening mm-hmm. and closing your lungs and expanding and contracting them. Um, your diaphragm um, is is that that muscle. It's the actual muscle down there. Uh, and, and when we ask it to do extra work, it doesn't like it. And so it'll, it'll cramp just like our legs do, right? Mm-hmm. We get leg cramps because we, we do extra work Well, our diaphragm does the same thing. This is why most of the time, most, most side stitches are people who are novices or people who are just starting running or people who haven't run very much. Sure. Um, that's usually the folks that it, it, it hits. So. That makes sense. There's another one called parietal peritoneum irritation. I have no idea if I said that right. Um, but it, there's a, a research from 2015, and that's pretty recent, that suggests that side stitches might be triggered by an irritation of the, of the parietal peritoneum. And that's a, a membrane uh, that lines our abdominal and pelvic um, cavity. So I guess it's... It sounds like it's on the other side mm-hmm. of our diaphragm, um, and and that is hooked to something called the phrenic nerve, and the phrenic nerve is what causes the diaphragm to work. So that nerve is what sends the impulses in that tells the diaphragm how to work. And so the thought of this is maybe the problem is actually before the diaphragm. That it's it's in the signal that goes to the diaphragm. So that I think that's kind of interesting. 
And then some people think it may be caused by stress on the spine. So when we run, there's some compression on the spine, obviously, as we land each time. But there's also rotation in the spine as well. So that's a lot of movement in our spine. Our spine is not used to that much movement. Uh, and so when we when we go and, and we have this excessive movement in our spine, then it can cause problems. And they think that maybe that's where the pain comes from. So, uh, so that's very, very interesting. Lots of different ways. What can we do to prevent a stitch? Mm. Well, first of all, don't skip your warm up. Um, the easiest way to get a stitch and the way that I get a stitch these days, because I'm in pretty good shape. I'm not, the, I'm not really the candidate for side stitch, but I will get one every once in a while. And it's always when I don't warm up and I just, boom, I, ha- I just start hammering from the gate. Um, it's, it always happens. Uh, I, I, that's always when it happens. It doesn't always happen every time I start out like that. But um, I try not to do that too often. Usually I start out, if I'm running by myself, my first mile is always really, really slow. That's my warm up. I want to go back just a second. You, yeah. you skipped over a part that really intrigued me because I'm sitting here going through the the list of activities I've done before where I felt like I did get a side stitch. You, you talked about um, horse riding and swimming. Yeah. When it talks about the stress on the spine. Yeah. Uh, swimming... I've experienced it. Yeah. And also, I used to ride motorcycles, dirt bikes, a good yeah. bit when I was younger. And I remember I would get what I'm looking back now is probably side stitches from like the jarring yeah. going through the woods. Yeah. I, I I believe that, the stress on the spine, because you, you listed horse riding. Of course, I never experienced it on a horse, but swimming and on a dirt bike for sure. Yeah. I remember that. So that's, that's interesting. Lots of other ways to do it. Yeah. We always, we always, we always look at it as a running thing. Yeah. But yeah. So don't skip your warm up. Um, eat good. If the, what you eat makes a difference mm-hmm. on whether or not you get side stitches. Apparently if you eat meals that are, um, high in fat, or if you're drinking beverages that have uh, a lot of sugar in them and things like that, uh, within the fir- the hour or two before you go run, uh, that could lead to side stitches. Hmm. And I know that very often that's now I don't know I wouldn't even actually call it a side stitch, but I will get a pain. Like a lot of times, if if it's the only way that I can work it out in my day is to eat and then go run, that happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I will eat and literally five minutes later I'm out the door running. Uh, whenever I do that, that's that's uncomfortable sure. in the gut for sure. But it doesn't really feel like a stitch. But anyway, uh, ramping up your workout too quickly, running too far or too fast. That's kind of what I was, I guess what I was saying to start with is sometimes you just get it. You start out too fast. And then shallow or chest breathing, um, which this makes sense is in the diaphragm related explanation because if you're breathing shallow, you're not stretching that diaphragm out. Mm-hmm. And the way that, uh, well, well, we'll talk about this in a minute. Um, but the way that you can get rid of side stitches is to stretch your diaphragm out. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, obviously, if you're not going through that full range of motion, it makes sense why it right. might cramp. So how do you stop one? Well, first of all, you can slow down. Slowing down will, uh, it may not make it, make it go away, but it will lessen the uh, the impact of it and then belly breathing belly breathing is the biggest thing and this will make it go away almost instantaneously if you can learn how to do it Mm -hmm. and what belly breathing is is it's it's what it really is is that you're expanding the lower part of your lungs 
So when you breathe in and you take a deep breath, I take a deep breath and my chest comes up, right? Well, in belly breathing, when you take that deep breath, your chest doesn't come up. Your stomach comes mm-hmm. up instead. I'm sitting here doing it while you're saying it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's that's belly breathing. Well, yeah. if you can learn how to, as soon as you get a side stitch, go straight to belly breathing, it'll take that side stitch away very quickly. Um, but it's hard to do while you're running because you're breathing hard. Right. So you, it's something you really need to practice before you go out to run in order to do it while you run. And then, of course, practice a little bit when you feel okay. And um, you'll find that, that it'll help. It'll definitely help. So um, stretch your, your arms and your abs. A lot of times people put their arms overhead, uh, and, and sometimes that'll make stitches go away. And you're doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're, you're stretching those muscles. Um, if you'll hold your arms up for 30 seconds or so, sometimes a little bit of leaning to the side will help as well uh, with that as you as you have your arms raised above your head. And you might have to do that a few times to get good relief. Uh, and then sometimes you can just take a stitch, and I've seen this be the case before for myself. You find that stitch wherever it is, and you just push on it hard. Yeah. And and that'll make it go away. Again, it makes sense in the context of a like a knot in a muscle. Um, so, so there you go. So warm up, breathe fully, um, eat right, go slow, focus on uh, on your core when you're running and and and, st- and staying upright. That helps. Um, and then the, here's the question: Should I see a doctor about a side stitch? Hmm. And and the answer is unless it's really real, if it's every day and it's really painful, then maybe you should see a, a doctor for it. Um, but if it's you know if it's just something that comes up every once in a while, it's just normal. Yeah, you don't have to worry about it. So yeah, um, now you have to be careful because what we sometimes think might be a side stitch could be something else. I mean, appendicitis is in that same area. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so that, but if you're, if it's really tender to the I would touch, say that would be a little bit more acute and should be, <laughs> should be, uh, but anyway. emergency appendectomy. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably gonna feel a bit worse than a side stitch. Of course, if you, yeah, a side stitch will usually pretty much, if it doesn't go away as soon as you stop running, right. it goes away within a few minutes after sure. you stop running. If it persists longer than that, you may have another issue. <laughs> yeah. You may have a gallbladder problem. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, All right. So let's, um, let's talk about coaching the couch to marathon challenge challenge. Woo. We've got a lot of people signed already, up, yeah. signed up to do this already. Um, so what are we talking about here? If this is maybe your maybe this is your first time tuning into this podcast. We've got a lot of new members who are tuning in for their first time. Uh, but coaching the marathon challenge challenge is the challenge that we're throwing out there. It doesn't matter if you've uh, never coached a run for God challenge before or if you've coached a hundred of them before. We need you this January. So what are we doing? We're basically asking you to go alongside us in the marathon challenge marathon challenge next year which most of you are doing but we want you to open it up to others in your community make it a small group uh it can be a big group at your church whatever size it really doesn't matter we don't want you to get hung up on numbers but all you do is basically get a group of friends a group of people in your community who come together who have one goal and it's to run a marathon or walk a marathon in 2022 two i had to think about my year here um but we've made it easy we've made it incredibly easy all you do each week is you meet together 
you watch the video for that week, you sit around and you talk about the video, you talk about what you've learned, you talk about what God's laid on your heart, and then you go out and run. Dean, it really is that simple. Mm -hmm. We keep talking about this over and over, and we're going to keep talking about it until January when we get started. You can make it a big production, a, a large class like so many people are very good at doing, or you can keep it as simple as what I just said. Everybody meeting at somebody's house at five o'clock on a Monday afternoon, you watch the video, you have a conversation, you go for a run. And then you either meet up together or separately for the other runs during the week. We're going to have anywhere from three to five runs, uh, depending on where we're at next year uh, in the challenge. But it really is that simple. Our goal is to have 10,000 people start this challenge when we start in January. You and I can't do that alone. That's right. So, we need you to think about it, pray about it, log into your Run Club account, or go to runforgod.com, log in, click on the coaching tab, and you'll find everything you need to know. Now, before we move on, we've got one more thing going on right now. We've got the Run Club one-year gift box, which that's what we were talking about earlier. We're not going to be able to discount that this week for the Black Friday sale, um, but it's an incredible deal. You get the gift box, you get a one-year code for Run Club, you get a hoodie. Everybody loves the hoodies. I was talking to two people last night that just love those hoodies. And you get the bumper sticker all for the price of the one-year entry. You get all that other stuff for free. So go to runforgod.com, click on the store. It's right there on the main page. You can't miss it. It's a great piece that we ship it to you. You can take it and put it right into gift wrapping right then. You don't have to repackage it. We've already packaged it We're for you. all about making stuff easy. That's right. You wrap it up, put a bow on it, and give it to one of those friends. If you buy five, you actually get one free. Yeah. You know, so that That's makes even, it even, even better. better. Yeah. You know, the five greatest Christmas gifts you can give is what better gift than to give Jesus and running? So there's a little bit of an end around around this whole discount thing. Right, because you said you can't buy it at a discount. Right, but you can if you buy five basically another twenty percent. Yeah, if you, you if you go about it that way. Yeah, but uh, yeah, go to go to runforgod.com. Check out the coaching. Check out the one year gift box. We're uh, we are supply chain proof. We're hearing about all the supply chain issues, and you may or may not get that Christmas present you're you you've bought for that person. Well, you're going to get your gift box. Yep. Now, unless unless the Postal Service does something crazy. Uh, we've got all this in stock, and we're going to get it out to you just as soon as you get it ordered. So go check it out. Yeah, for sure. Hey, I want to talk to one particular group out there about the coaching thing. It We talk a lot about social media mm -hmm. and how we compare ourselves to others. Here's what, I, here's what we don't want you to do. If you're out there and you've seen some other instructor posting things online and they're doing all these crazy, fantastic things outside of the normal class – don't feel obligated no. to do that. It, right. it, we really can make it simple, and, and you can be just as effective. Now, is it cool to have all the extra stuff? Sure, it's cool, and it's fun, and, and it's great. I'm not denigrating that at all, no. but don't feel guilty. It's like people who say, well, I've only got three people. Those are three people. Right. Those are three people, and God may want to reach one of those three people. Maybe the most important thing that ever happens to that one of those three people. So, and the coaches of even those biggest classes, I'm thinking of a few names right now, will tell you that the secret to these classes are the faith talks. Yep it's it's after it's after all the glitz and glamours over. It's even after all the the videos are over. 
It's when you're sitting around and you're having those conversations. That's where the magic happens. That's where the relationships are built. Uh, we were working on some promotional stuff this morning, and, and I was I was posting some stories from several of our Run Club members who they talk about that it's the friendships that they've made mm-hmm. through the years of teaching this and friendships that go on today, friendships in their communities, friendships all around the country. Of uh, you know, We talk about it every year. You get to know these people in Run Club from the page, which we talk about how magical that page is. But then for those people who can make it in April when we have the the Run for God 5K, which is free also mm-hmm. if you're a Run Club member, they come together and they've never physically met, but it's like they've known each other for years. Yeah. And it's because that relationship has already been made. So, yeah, go check it out. Go go log into your uh, Run for God account. Check out the marathon or check out the coaching tab, which will walk you through the marathon challenge. And also go check out the Run Club one year gift box. Go do it. You get up early before the kids for your morning workout. Spend some time studying or reading your devotion. And pick up the kids each afternoon. Whatever the moment, J Radio has you covered. Get your account at jradio.com and download the app in your app store. J Radio, music for every moment. All right, we're back. And don't forget that we would love to hear your story. We're going to share somebody's story here, and we want to hear yours. This one is called Yoked Together. It's a pretty cool story. I think you're going to like it. But you have a story, too, and we would love to hear your story. So you can go to runforgod.com and submit your story. Um, you even There's even a chance you could become famous mm. in some way, right? If yeah, absolutely. Share their story you know, right? As we talked about last week, we are... Uh, we're starting to build a uh, catalog for guideposts to use. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the reason we are asking everyone to go to runforgod.com to submit your story now. Don't simply email it to Dean. If you do, he's going to kindly ask you to redirect those efforts through the website so we've got a good record of everything. But, yeah, you do have a story, and your story is impactful whether you think it is or not, and somebody needs to hear your story. I've been going through stories the past two weeks uh, with some marketing things, we're getting ready for um, the Couch to Marathon next year. And I've been reading a lot of these stories and every one of them is incredible in their own way. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to share a story today from a very faithful, long time Run for God coach, uh, Rhonda Williams. You've heard probably if you listen to this podcast regularly, you may have heard uh, a story or two from Rhonda because she's actually in her neck of the woods Friday. Is that we that's right? Huntsville, yeah. yeah she's yeah. a Huntsville lady. Yeah. So we talked on a recent podcast about what it meant to be yoked together. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what do you know? <laughs> Boom! This week, the story of our sure it was a coincidence. Yeah, it's just a, yeah. <laughs> this one's called Yoked Together, and we're going to learn a little bit about sled dogs in this one too, mm-hmm. which I felt like was fascinating. We were created for relationship, to be in relationship with God, but also with each other. We were not meant to walk through life alone. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. 
If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Although one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Jesus said for us to take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's Matthew eleven twenty nine and 30. I have to admit that when I have read that verse in the past, I've had the vision of me as the ox doing the hard work and Jesus as the driver giving direction. It conjured thoughts of hard labor and has not been a favorite verse of mine. But today, someone pointed out that he is asking me to be yoked to him. In farming, a young ox just starting out was yoked to an older, more experienced ox so he could learn from him. The yoke ensured that they would walk in step and with the younger ox would not be able to pull away and so he could learn how to plow. Jesus wants us to be yoked with him or to him so we can learn how to do life and he is right there beside us all the way, teaching and guiding us and sharing the burden with us. He is not behind us with a whip yelling instructions. Instead, he is right beside us, plowing the field with us. I had never thought of it this way before. I am reminded of a sled dog excursion on our trip to Alaska. At first, I saw a bunch of dogs all working hard to pull a sled. What I couldn't see was that each dog had a specific job. The lead dog must be intelligent and dependable. The musher does not use reins, but rather directs the leader with voice commands so that the lead dog must listen for those commands and respond to them. She sets the pace for the team, finds the trail beneath the snow, keeps the other dogs on it, and she has to watch for danger and steer the team away from it. She is also given the job of training new leaders. A leader in training will be tethered to an experienced lead dog, much like the oxen are yoked together. As dogs will do, the trainees may decide to investigate something off the path, chase a rabbit or go exploring, so the experienced lead dog must keep him on the path and on pace. They learn how to lead a team by being tethered or yoked to a more experienced dog. Behind the leader are the swing dogs. They help steer the team in an arc around corners. Next are the team dogs, and then at the, the back of the pack there are the wheel dogs. These dogs need to be very strong at their, as their job is to get the sled moving from a stop position and get it up hills or pull it out when it's stuck in a snowbank. I think of them as the four-wheel jeeps of the dog sled world. <laughs> sled dogs also look out for one another. They will take up the slack for a dog that is getting tired and will gather around an injured dog or keep it warm. Or excuse me, to keep it warm. Some dogs can be rotated to other positions when one needs a break. So you can see there are many different positions on a sled dog team. And all must work together to get the job done. It reminds me of 1 Corinthians 12, 12. Just as, the, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. I can see parallels with my Run for God class. I coach 5K, 10K, and half marathon classes at my church twice a year, and we're a lot like a sled dog team. 
I teach them, give them direction, and then I go out and run with them. I have several assistant coaches to help so the students have experienced runners to run with them, providing guidance and encouragement along the way. The coaches steer them along the path so no one gets lost. The faster coaches run with the fastest students, so it's important those coaches know the route, much like the, the lead sled dog. A coach stays with the slowest students to make sure everyone makes it back safely. We must also have an interval coach to run with those students who want to continue to do run-walk intervals all through the program and the race. The coaches also help keep the new runners safe by watching for traffic and road hazards. Each coach has their job, and together with our students, we get, the, we get to the finish line. We are individuals with our own talents and experiences, but we are also part of a team with Christ as the lead working together for the kingdom. Let's take joy in being yoked with Jesus so we can learn and so we can learn and to each other so we can support one another. Better together. <laughs> she has a note here that says information on sled dogs was obtained by from sled dog positions I did a rod from from outside. I guess from outside outside magazine. Yeah. That's a cool uh I, I never knew that much about sled dogs. No. But I, I like the concept. I, I do know about oxen. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, so many times people have the the um, the picture in their head that you're you're kind of chained to somebody, and they look at it as a from a negative context, and that's that's absolutely not what it is. It's it's a it's kind of a, a mentorship apprenticeship. It's it's. Yeah, I mean, exactly what she said. So yeah. great great illustration, Ron. And I've never compared it over to a Run for God class, but she's dead on there as well. Yeah, that's yeah, that's especially one that's as diverse as hers is. It sounds like hers is, you know, a lot of them are, are you know, a lot of times you have folks that are all in the same boat or pretty close to the same boat. It sounds like uh, she has a lot of diversity, mm-hmm. I guess you would say, sure. on her team. Yeah. So it's good. And I'm I'm a little bit like Rhonda. For for a long time, I always looked at that scripture passage as it, it feels like work, mm-hmm. right? Um, but that's not really what it's talking. About. It's talking about work because it's right. what we do. Um, but it's also talking about getting help mm-hmm. to do that work. How about this scripture passage? As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. That's Proverbs twenty seven seventeen. She says we're, we're meant to be together, mm-hmm. and that's to help each other, and that's what this is, is talking about, um, one person sharpening another. We've talked before about you and I and about mm-hmm. how, you know, if I'm out of line and you, you know, or if we just don't even agree on sure. something, you know, we're, we, we hash it out. We come to an agreement. It may not be what we think, but mm-hmm. it's okay, right? And, and that makes us both stronger. Because we get to see a different perspective on things. Yeah, and I, I mean, I've always said it's so important to have those people in your life. You know, I've got you. I've got a, another gentleman that I was just texting with, a guy in my church who um, we we have lunch every now and then. And, and we we ask each other the questions that you don't want to be asked. You know, mm-hmm. one of the questions we ask each other, are you clean? You know, yeah. we, I think we've talked about that on here before. Yeah. You know, it's those can be uncomfortable questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but they need to be asked nonetheless. You, we, as believers, we've got to put things in place that hold us accountable. You know, Mm -hmm. I talked about, you know, and and we're not doing it right now because we're going through a specific, uh, 
book, not not scripture right now, but as a family, I would when we're going through the Bible as family, I'll do my reading in the morning, and then that evening when when I when I read with Holly and the boys, we read that same passage, and it it holds me accountable to have my own quiet time because they're looking to me that evening. Not not that they're looking to me, but I'm giving my input and my interpretation of what that scripture means in the evening. And if I don't have that time in the morning, yeah, th- th- then I get called out or I call myself out in the evening. Like, I'm sorry guys. I, I didn't get to go through this this morning, but it, it it's, it's so many people think it's putting handcuffs on you or it's, I don't want people asking me those tough questions as believers. We should want that. You're right. Because that's what keeps us. We need our toe stepped on every now and then. Well, we both coached athletes. And, sure. and which athletes do you really love to coach? Yeah. The, the ones that want to be held accountable right. are the ones you want to coach. The ones that you may have to have a tough conversation with them occasionally, but sure. they really appreciate that tough conversation. Absolutely. That's, we want to be that athlete. Yeah. And that's what that is. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, I was thinking about this in the context of social media. I'm really conflicted with social media sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Because... E- we see it on the Facebook page. We see people just really building each other up and helping each other out and making each other feel good, doing great things, sharp sharpening one another. Right. Um, <laughs> you got the whole other side of social media of people tearing each other down, right. uh, and, and and everything that goes with it. It's it's a uh, it's a little conflicting. Sure. <laughs> How about this passage? Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. That's 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Yeah, I mean, I think there again, this is this is doing the little things you mentioned earlier, you know, getting a text. Um, yeah. We, we don't, we do understand when we get them, how much that means. But so many times we don't think about how much it mean would mean to somebody else for us to do that. Just this past Sunday. Um, a gentleman in my church asked me to pray for some tests that he's having um, in December, some some medical tests, and um, I kind of made a note in my in my Bible when he when he said that, and, and I got home and and I try to do this every now and then. Somebody tells me a date; it was December the seventh, and I I just put it on my calendar. That may sound a little calloused, but I want to make sure I want to make sure I do that because I told him I would. You know, if if you if you tell somebody you're going to pray for them, or you make the statement I'm praying for you, you need to do it. Number yeah. one, but not only did I did I tell him that, and not only did I put it in my calendar, but I took a screenshot of it and I sent it to him and I said, "Consider it done, my friend." I said, "I'm really praying for you," and and he texted me back, and that meant so much to him. It didn't take ten seconds, yeah, to do that, but it makes and. And I don't do it as much as I should. I, I would really like to do it more. And there's no reason I don't do it more other than I just don't. Yeah. Um, but that's that's a place that I've been convicted for some time of being intentional with people um, because it is, it's straight out of First Thessalonians here. Uh, encourage one another and build each other up. Yeah. Just like you said, we're so guilty of the flip side of that. Um, yeah, we are. We definitely are. Yeah, you mentioned that video. I, I mean, video the text message. I got a text message just this morning mm-hmm. from uh, another coach in our conference. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he probably put a reminder on his phone. Yeah, uh, you know that he he realizes we're going we're headed out for nationals this week, and uh, 
And but the the text message wasn't a, it was about go out there and represent our conference and do well and you know and, and all that stuff. But the way he said it was, I hope your ladies can can um, you know I can't remember how he put it, but basically shine their light. Sure, you know that that they're they're good ambassadors for Christ while they're out there. And then he said, and I you know I told him I said it was really nice of him to to send that. I didn't expect that at all. Right. And he came back with, I just want you to know that uh, he, he says, I, I see your godly leadership of those young ladies and uh, we need more of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that made me feel really good. Mm-hmm. The same kind of thing that you're talking about. It, it made me feel good to, to be on the receiving end of that. And you're right. When you, and of course, I reciprocated because yeah. he's a good sure a, a good guy too and he does the same thing and it's thing. not it's not patting ourselves on the back no. for doing this it's <laughs> scripture says we're supposed to do it that's right yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't be patting ourselves on the back for doing this we yeah. should be we're just being obedient that's right um and we need to do more of it is the point yep yep psalm twenty five fourteen says the friendship of yahweh is with those who fear him he will show them his covenant don't we we misinterpret this whole idea of fearing the Lord? I think sometimes, yeah. Because you know, when we say the word fear, that means we're scared of, right? And and that's not really what that means. Yeah, I really sat and thought about kind of how you framed this question, and there there's two types of fear out there. There's a, a fear of seeing a mountain lion face to face, and you're scared for your life because chances are that thing's going to kill you. Yeah. There's that kind of fear. Mm-hmm. And then there's the fear of, and I tried to think about the the healthy fear. You hear healthy fear. Yeah. And I tried to think about some things. I think about large equipment. You know, I deal, I work mm-hmm. around large equipment a lot of times, and sometimes you have to work on this big equipment. And, you know, you, you go stick your hand inside to fix something on an 80,000-pound bulldozer, for instance you respect that piece of equipment and you're very cautious dealing with that piece of equipment mm-hmm. because that piece of equipment can take your arm off just like that. Yeah. But that big piece of equipment is also an incredible tool Yeah. that can help you. You know, guns are the same way. We, we all know you, you don't just flippantly handle a gun. Right. A gun is a, can be a good thing. A gun can be a very bad thing. You know, a vehicle, mm-hmm. you know, we we keep our eyes on the road when we drive. Yeah. A vehicle is a very powerful tool. It's a great thing. It's one of the the wonders of of modernization is the vehicle. But if we take our eyes off the road, it becomes a deadly thing. And so yeah. it's that healthy fear that it's and it's good. how we should look at God. You know, the Lord is 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 our helper. Yeah. And but we should look at him in the same way that we we look at that large piece of equipment. You know, if we if we respect it, if we have a reverent fear of it, it's a good thing. But the minute we take our eyes off the road, we take our eyes off God, um, things can go bad when we get away from that. Yeah, that's a great analogy. And I thought about it from a standpoint of I remember when I was a kid, my father, my mother – what, she was the one that usually scolded my brother and I for whatever we did wrong. And a lot of times it was just a good stern talking to, you know. Mm-hmm. But when she wasn't getting through, 
And <laughs> it was clear when she wasn't getting through. All she would say was, David, and my father would say, you heard it, and that was it. We behaved from that point forward because it was like we knew what that meant. And I think about but I knew my father loved me. Right. You know, my father would do anything for me. Sure. My father did do a lot for me. That's the way God is. It's like you you better have some respect because there's consequences for our actions and, and things sure. like that. But at the same time, he would do anything for us. And uh, I don't know. I, maybe that's a bad. Uh, I just remember. I remember hearing it. I can still hear his voice in my ear right now. <laughs> well, I think the big difference is it's, it's that we fear we fear the consequence of something we're doing. It's what you just yes, said. Yes. We're fear. We don't fear the. We don't fear what that thing is going to do to us. I don't fear what a bulldozer is going to do to me. The only way something bad is going to happen to me with a bulldozer is if I make a boneheaded move. That's right. And it's the same way with God. Yeah. It's it's balls in our court. Yeah. God's going to love us unconditionally, and He's going to do everything for us to help us. Yeah. Unless we take our eyes off Him. Yeah. And and then he, God does allow things yeah. to happen. Um, so yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. I well again back to my father again when he made that statement. I knew my next step <laughs> was important. <laughs> so there's conviction, and then there's the next step. That's right, God. and it was based on what, like you said, it's based on what I was my going decisions. to do. Yeah. My decision, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, how about a question? What does being yoked to Christ look like for you? I think first of all, you've got to be close enough to be yoked. That's a good point. Um, I think so many times in my life and, and maybe the lives of many of the people listening, we've we've not even been close enough to understand what that feels like. Um, and to hear it, like I said, like we started this whole conversation with, so many times we feel like it's a, a chain of some sort. Um but when we get close enough to be yoked with God, it's it's actually um, takes a burden off. It's yeah. it's not a burden. It's it's taking burden off. Yeah, yeah. From a sometimes you, you're in a boat where maybe things aren't going well, and you feel kind of alone. Mm-hmm. You ever, yeah, you know, you just have that feeling like I'm the only person in the world sure. who feels like this, and to me. I can see in that moment, and we've all been there in that moment, seeing that the the picture of the oxen and Jesus is on one side and it's open on the other side. And it's like, he's got his hand and he's waving to me. Come on, Mm -hmm. come on. We're going to do this together. And to me, that's what being yoked to Christ looks like. Um, and And I think sadly, in this day of social media and, and stuff, I think that uh, that being lonely, I, th- I talked I talked about that about how that that's what it feels like sometimes. That's a problem these days, mm-hmm. and the problem is we're not looking to Jesus to fix our loneliness. We're looking more towards social media or whatever to fix our loneliness. Uh, but this verse, this 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 idea of being yoked to Christ fixes all of it. Fixes sure. every bit of it, um, and not just because he's he's there with you, but because he can help you get over that feeling as well. I mean, mm-hmm. he's there to help you, but it's also um, if we 
if we pray about those feelings that we have, those if, if we feel isolated or whatever it is, God's going to be there to help us through those feelings as well as whatever work it is that put us in that position to start with. Right. So I don't know. I just I'm convicted that that, that whole idea. I, and I think I, I I heard a song recently. And the song was talking about how lonely people are these days. And this is something that's really been on my mind lately um, about how how in the world in this day and age where this morning I'm texting back and forth with somebody in Kenya. Mm-hmm. How can a world where we have that kind of technology, where we can communicate with somebody halfway around the world, how can people be more lonely We're than more ever? More connected than ever. Yeah. And more lonely than ever. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it is it's it's technology, and I, I have a love hate relationship <laughs> with it. I do, I do. I mean, I just yesterday I was ready just to go back to a flip phone. We've talked about that on here before. <laughs> I just, but then I, I on the other hand, I do see all the benefits of like Run Club, the Facebook group, and you go on there, and man, you just all those bad feelings of social media just kind of melt away. Yeah. But it's We've got to have balance, and yeah. we, we've got to have time where we set our phones down. Yeah. We've got to have time where we go and we sit and talk to people. We have lunch with people. We go to church with people. You, The problem is is not so much social media. The problem is people are allowing social media to replace true FaceTime. Not FaceTime, the app. It's true face-to-face because we were made to be – we're, we're social beings. We were made for that. And, you know, when you – I've had friends that you kind of start to see slip away and slip away. I mean, being social comes natural to me. That's one of my God-given gifts. I can sit and talk with that picture right there on the wall. I, I love talking to people. But for those who that doesn't come naturally, social media has been very destructive because this is – that becomes their outlet, but it's – it's fake. In so many ways, it's fake. It's not. It the content you're seeing may be real, but the it's not. A, that's why they call them Facebook friends. Yeah, it's fake. That's right. It, they're not. They're not really your friends unless you interact with them in some other way. Um, yeah. And I don't know. Some people may disagree with that, and and I get the other side, but I I. Well, there, you, you, I think you used the right word when you said balance. But you want to hear the scariest part. I was just listening to a podcast recently about artificial intelligence. Yeah. And when we get to this point, this is this this guy that I was listening to estimates 15, 20 years down the road. We're going to be at a point where you're going to be able to sit on your couch at home mm-hmm. and basically live a life sure. sitting on your couch at home. And now when... When that other life, life, but it's not a life. You're right. You're right. But when that other life brings with it everything you enjoy and knows it knows what you enjoy and it can give you more of whatever that is. It's like a drug. Well, just yesterday, the reason I got so upset yesterday is because I found myself. I was on I think I was on Instagram and the 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 videos, the little videos that come up. Those videos, they know exactly what I like. Mm-hmm. And I like running. I like farming. I like fitness. And it's like every video, I like heavy machinery. Um, 
And it's like every video that pops up and I found myself sitting there for like 10 minutes. And and once I realized what was happening, because, you know, it goes one video to the next video to the next video. Yeah. And I found myself after 10 minutes. I mean, I almost become angry yeah. at myself. Yeah. Because I'm like, what are you what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know how many times I've taken social media off my phone <laughs> and then I put it back on. I'm I'm just and I'm you're, so close to just flip phone. Here we come. And here's the the scariest part about that is is that at on a spect broad spectrum of are you susceptible or not susceptible to that? You are on the very very low end of being susceptible sure. to that. Sure. And and it's getting you. So what's it doing to that person who is highly susceptible to it? Well, I mean, it's like every night. You know, we I've talked about we have a, a Bible study as a family. Every night we sit on our bed and. We, we talk or read or whatever we're doing. And every night it's like my boys come in. Did you see the video of such and such? And I'm like, quit watching the video. I know exactly what they're talking about. Yeah. And they're not, but it's a good video. And I'm like, I agree. But how many videos did you watch to see that one that you really like that you want to show me? And it's yeah. just so, I don't know. It's, it's getting out of hand and I, I, I don't know what we do about it, you yeah. know, cause it's easy to say, we'll just get rid of it. But then you go on Run Club. Yeah. And you yeah. see all the positives. So it's it's just, we got to hold ourselves accountable. Yep. Here's another question. How are you part of the team? And what role do you play? Well, in 2021, I'm the guinea pig. I'm, yeah. I'm testing out the, the, the walking and the marathon. Uh, yeah. We'll see how that goes. But yeah. I'm happy to be the guinea pig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of like being a guinea pig sometimes, too. Yeah. Uh, of course, in my case, mine's pretty well defined. I mean, they're going to succeed or everybody's going to watch me crash and burn. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. i tell you what, I, I'm going to go ahead and tell you what I'm thinking about doing. Um, I'm thinking about not walking the marathon at Disney because I want to be there. I want to be there when everybody comes through. And if I'm walking, I'm going to be one of the last. So I want to be there when everybody comes through. So I'm thinking about the weekend before walking it and going live while I'm doing it. Oh, um, All right. Well, that could be interesting. So everybody might watch me crash, <laughs> crash and burn on the side of the road. But uh, uh, yeah, you. It, I'm still flushing that out, so don't hold me to that. <laughs> you, <coughs> excuse me. You mentioned, man. You mentioned um, being a guinea pig. You know what I really enjoy? Because everything that I do, what what we do here, what uh, what I do at the school with um the team as a coach what i do as a sunday school teacher what i do as a the, the different roles that i have are mm-hmm. all basically kind of leadership roles mm-hmm. it's really really refreshing to just be led sometimes absolutely <laughs> you know what i mean just yeah. to sit back and go tell me what you want me to do i'll do anything just yeah. tell me something to do yeah <laughs> isn't, it, isn't that something well i just i mean this whole we're, we're starting to plan the weekend for orlando uh we, we're gonna have a try to have a get together and things like that for run club and holly and gay have been after me to to get this plan and i'm like you know what y'all handle it <laughs> just tell me and dean where we need to be what time we need to be there and man that was felt so good to to do that yeah Um, yeah. of course typical me holly sends me you know because we're all gonna stay together kind of an airbnb and um the first house she sent me i was like no i don't like that (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so uh, uh, control comes back. But yeah, yeah I, I get what you're saying. It is. It's, yeah. it's, yeah. uh, it's well, nice. everybody out there has a role to play. And that's kind of her point, I think, to this is that everybody is part of a team and everybody has a different role to play. And now some of us haven't figured out what that role is. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you and I, maybe we figured that out. Um, but here's why I think people haven't figured out what their role is. It's because we look at things by the definition of the world and what mm-hmm. the world says. The world says we have to be busy 24 hours a day. The world says we have to be making a bunch of money. The world says we need all these material things. The world says we need to be on social media just constantly posting everything that happens to us. And we don't. Mm-hmm. We don't have to do any of that stuff. And people think about talents and they think about a, a musician and they mm-hmm. think, well, musicians are talented. A cook is talented um the actors are talented but people don't realize that what you hear it all the time i don't have a talent yes you do your talent may be what mitchell was just talking about it may it may be you know you can hold a conversation you're really good at that Mm -hmm. well you know what Use that talent. Sure. maybe there's people that would love to be in your church but they can't get out of their house Mm. you know what they would like a visit Mm-hmm. To, uh, from somebody who loves to talk. Or a ride. Yeah, or a ride, or whatever it might sure. be. Yeah, but there's there's always, always, always something there um, and that, that you have as a talent that you're good at, mm-hmm. and you need to identify what it is, and you need to be part of that team. Sure. Last question. How can you or how are you using your experience and talents to guide and teach less experienced Christians in their walk with Christ? In other words, how can you be a mentor? You know, I feel like I, I do that with my kids and their their friends. I'm I'm kind of the blunt dad. Um, <laughs> just this past weekend, uh, we we got a young man on the phone. We we were having our Bible time at night, and this young man called in on Lane's phone. He's the tall number one runner for Color Creek now. I'm not going to say his name on here. Um, but so I've got him on speakerphone and, and I said, where do you go to church? And, you know, he starts giving me the run around. Well, when I go, I go to, you know, this church and, but I haven't been going very much. And I said, well, why don't you come to our church Sunday morning? You know, just blunt. And, uh, he said, (laughs) and you can hear him saying this, this is a kid that's running 45 50 miles a week now doing great at running getting up early in the morning he got up early that morning to go run he said but i'll have to set my alarm i said come on you got up (laughs) at seven o'clock this morning to go run 12 miles but you're saying you 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 don't want to set your alarm in the morning to come up and go to church with we're going to be eating after church you know we were having our homecoming yesterday by the way yesterday was 12 years to the day that HR confronted me. Oh wow! Uh, with Mitch, don't let this become your guide. So, yeah, I'm and and then he didn't show up. So, <laughs> I'm I'm probably going to see him this afternoon. I'm going to have to bust his chops. You're going to wear him out. But yeah, I think yeah. you know we all have that mission field. I mean, part of our mission field is right here doing what we're doing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, you've got you've got collegiate runners. I've got young kids and their friends, and um, but we're we're called to be this this question whatever our atmosphere is we like i said we've talked about this before ministry is not something you have to go 
go out and create and form a nonprofit and do all this ministry is doing is pointing people to Christ where you are at this moment. So if you're listening to this in a, in a factory or you're listening to this in an insurance office right now, or driving down the road, you can shine Christ driving down the road and it's getting, it's getting easier and easier to do that nowadays. And it's by grace. Yeah. It's, it's not getting the road rage. It's not doing all these things that we want to do, you yeah. know, and showing grace is showing Christ. Yeah. And, and to your point, that text message, I think the last line of that string of text messages I had with that coach this morning mm-hmm. was um, it's talking about the, the collegiate athlete. It's a great mission field is what he finished sure. with. Yeah. And and it is. And your mission field is wherever you are. And I think we miss that sometimes. But this is also talking about being a mentor. And so sometimes you see that person who gets really excited. They, you know, they they pray the prayer, they're excited about being a Christian and they're fired up about it. And then there's no good support around mm-hmm. them. And then all of that melts away, sure. and um, we're we're called to to help those folks. That's why there's evangelism and discipleship. That's exactly both right. are just equally as important. Yep, that's right. That's right. So it's a lot like what we do for new runners. Running is really simple. Uh, so so we assume that everybody knows everything about running. Mm-hmm. You know, when you and I are talking, and we're talking to somebody out there on the street, and but. Um, the 5K Challenge Program, what does it do? It goes back to and says, hey, shoes are important. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people start running and they don't know that. And they just go out and they buy whatever. And uh, being a Christian is the same thing. It's when we first become a Christian, we need somebody to kind of help guide us Mm -hmm. a little bit and and go, you know, this, not that we all have to do things the same, um, but there's certain things that are important that we take for granted that we know. And that people need to know about. And so we should be. I don't know why I just thought about this. You know, we're heading into January 1, which is harder to evangelize fitness or disciple fitness. Look at gyms the first week of January. Yeah, you're right. People know they need it. Yep. And and while I walk with Christ, it's it's Christ is Christ is not a hard sale. I mean, it's he's really not. Yeah. You know. Getting people to come to the gym is really not a hard sell. People to go buy a pair of running shoes and getting out for their first run is is not. A, it's it's the discipleship is the hardest part. Yeah, and you know that's we've got to have both sides. And and thank God we have people whose ministry is both sides. Yeah, you know some people's ministry is is the evangelism, and and some in the church is just discipleship. And thank God we have both sides of that because. As I'm sitting here thinking it, it's just as important, both sides yeah, of it. We need both. While you're working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We've partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Dean, Lane, Holly, myself, and others that you hear here on the Run For God podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. All right. 
right, we're back. And so I learned something that is just crazy fascinating to me. I don't know how much you think about this. What do you think this is as fascinating as I do? But I think this is fascinating. We've seen Kenyan names, and Kenyan names are peculiar. Mm-hmm. You know, when you see one, a lot of times, depending on the tribe they come from, there's there there's a lot of the very similar names. Sure. There's the same, the same names out there. And you assume that if somebody's named, you know, Elliot Kipchoge, maybe the most famous Kenyan right now, being the world marathon guy that he is, um, you assume that anybody named Kipchoge maybe has a potential to be related to him. But that's not really how their names work. So here's how their names work. Their names are associated with what's happening when they're born. So you know how we, we go and we pick out a name for somebody, you know, six months before they're born, we already know what the name is going to be when they're born. Because right. we've already checked out. We know what the gender of the baby is going to be, and we know what the, you know we know what we're going to name the baby. Well, in Kenya, it's different than that. So here, this is, I'm going to read some of these. These are, these are some, some, of, some of the more famous name, Kenyan names of runners and what their name means in Kenyan. Kipchoge means born near the grain storage bin. <laughs> Kiptanui means fainted, failed to cry or breathe at birth. Kipkeeter means born on the veranda. <laughs> uh, how does that happen that often? That <laughs> probably more than you think over there. Yeah. Kiplimo means born among grazing cattle. Kipsang is born outdoors. Kiptu, which is the second place in the New York Marathon recently, born when visitors are around. Chariot, the most famous 1,500-meter runner in the world right now. Um, and this is a male-only name, which is, I think is interesting. Uh, means born when everyone was asleep. Keegan means a long-awaited son, um, usually born after several daughters. Uh, Jepkoich means born at dawn. Jerodich means born when cattle are brought home for evening milking. Jepchirchir, which is the name of the lady who won the Olympics and won the New York Marathon recently, um, is born in a hurry after a short labor. <laughs> Chelagat or, Chep, or Cheplingat is born at sunset. Uh, Gedich, another famous woman runner, uh, Kenyan runner, born when cows are taken to pasture after morning milking. They're very specific about these. Uh, the, a lot of these revolve around cattle. <laughs> Paul Chalimo, he's, uh, he's an American distance runner, uh, steeplechaser, born among grazing cattle. So, <laughs> well, when you, when you sent this to me, I started, I mean, I just, because obviously there's one on here that I thought for surely would be on here. It's Cheptegai. And I looked it up and I'm, I didn't realize, and you didn't say this, but Kip is a masculine prefix, and Jep. Jer, Jep, and Chep are feminine prefixes. So where does that leave Cheptegai? Cheptegai is a feminine, right? You just said that. Right. But he's, a, but he's male is what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But he's not, but he's Ugandan, right? He is Ugandan. So yeah. I guess that's weird that it even goes different countries probably mean different things. Well, I don't know. And and if you'll look up the Kenyan names, you'll notice that the names are very particular to a, a particular tribe. So oh, if you, okay. If you look at a different tribe, 
Um, they have a lot of names that mean some of these same things, but they're completely different names. They don't even sound anything like these. Hmm. And so it depends on the on the tribe too. So it just so happens that this particular tribe, and I, well, I wish I could remember, but I can't. Um, this particular tribe turns out a lot. Most of the distance runners from Kenya that we know come from this tribe. So Elliot Kipchoge was born near a grain storage bin. That's right. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Now you know. <laughs> now you know. You're a little bit smarter today. <laughs> All right. It is time for Dean's thoughts, and that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. And I'm dipping back into the archives for this one uh, to describe something that happened in a local race several years ago. This I actually wrote this several years oh, ago. Oh, I thought it was just because you needed to be reminded of this title. Yeah, well, that may <laughs> that 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 may that that too. <laughs> Because uh, God will straighten you out when things when you're when you're not right, and this one is called "Sometimes I Can Be Hard Headed." My plan was to run at a pace a little faster than what I thought I could average, as long as I could, and hope to keep it at a good pace the rest of the way. This would put my finishing time in a window that would make me feel better about hitting my running goal in the upcoming Ironman seventy point three. If I could finish in that range, I would celebrate and look forward to a successful half marathon split in the Ironman. I found out I was a little behind where I had hoped I would be, and by mile nine, I was feeling sorry for myself. Um, was feeling sorry for myself to ensure I maximized my misery level. Thinking back to the start, I felt good for the first half mile or so until I looked down, expecting to be running too fast, and my GPS said I was actually running a little too slow. Oh no, this didn't look good. To make matters worse, a girl less than half my age was ahead of me. Although I had been beaten by female runners many times, the only local female who had ever beaten me was Lanny Marchant, who holds the Canadian national record for the marathon. God was getting ready to teach me a lesson about humility. As the race unfolded, I heard the young girl's footsteps fade behind me until they disappeared entirely by mile three. I hung on to my goal pace for four miles and faltered a bit on the fifth. At six miles, I was already close to that slower, acceptable pace I had planned. And I felt like I weighed about seven pounds too much, which I did. I had stepped on the scale early in the morning and found that I had located and secured an extra seven pounds just in time for race day. By seven miles, I was an average pace that would be good if I could finish that the way I had, the, the way I had planned. I fixed my eyes on the path ahead and on my plan. After I ran the same pace for mile eight, the wheels came off. Mile nine had us trekking across ice-covered bridges around sharp turns and uphills, a deadly combination. My left leg cramped while going uphill, and I knew it was all over. I ran 40 seconds too slow for that mile. But a strange thing happened as I completed mile nine, when I seemed to get my legs back. Tired and heavy legs filled with molasses, but legs that worked at least. I knew the girl had to be closing the gap by now, and a quick glance back as I passed the 10-mile mark and rounded a corner confirmed my fear. She was about 20 seconds back. I had a newfound determination. I may not be able to hit my goal, but I could run, I could fight for fourth place. It looked to be a classic battle between an almost 50-year-old man and a 100-pound 20-year-old girl. At least she had given me a head start. <laughs> the last 5K was a grind, but I managed to keep a fair pace, which was not bad, considering the shape I was, well, I was in not long before. 
She managed a little quicker pace, but fortunately for me, I was able to hold her off by nine seconds. She had given me too big of a head start, but at least she was respecting her elder. (laughs) I've missed my goal by more than a minute. I crossed the finish line, and that's when God hatched his plan to teach me a lesson about humility. Although I had run what I considered a poor race, I turned to shake hands with her and tell her she ran a good race. I found out she held conference records on the track at UTC. She was a fantastic runner who had just run the longest race of her life. I would find out later that she was chasing me as hard as I was trying not to be caught. I turned to her as we walked away from the finish line and told her I was glad she was there because if she had not been there, I may still be out on the race course. She laughed and a friend of mine called to me. I walked over to my friend and she she told me that I had run a good race. That is not what I wanted to hear after what I calculated to be a poor performance. I looked at my watch and said, yeah, that's not what I was looking for. God said, no, that's not the right way to say it. Just say thank you. No one had ever needed to be tough on me because I can beat myself up better than anyone else can. I know where all the vulnerable spots are and I exploit them. Being positive after a bad race is not in my human nature. <laughs> Read sinful nature. But I knew God was telling me that I need, didn't need to rely on my human nature. I need to rely on his nature and his grace. I walked away from her, disappointed in myself, and promptly ran into someone else I know who, is telling, who was telling me what a good job I had done. Since I had just been taught a lesson by God, surely I would respond differently, right? Not so much. I replied with a more self-absorbed self-pity, or excuse me, I replied with more self-absorbed self-pity as I explained that I had just begun riding my bike again, and that must be why I performed so poorly today. God was trying to work on me, but I was having none of it. But he is such a patient God. After going through the same conversation for a third time, I grabbed a banana went to the car, put on my training shoes, ate the banana, and left my car to go for a cool down run. I felt like an idiot because I realized that not only was I bummed about a bad race, but more importantly, I had let God down in my human interaction since my finish. He wasn't looking for a cocky, excuse-making, poor sport. He was looking for someone who would shine his light, and I was dimming it. On my cool down jog, I felt terrible on both counts, but God wasn't finished with me. As I was running down the sidewalk surrounding Finley Stadium, a young guy stopped me. It's odd for someone to stop a guy as he's running, but I felt compelled to stop. I didn't know who he was. He didn't even look familiar, but he talked to me as if he knew who he knew I wanted to hear what he had to say. He asked me how my race went, and I responded just as the facts uh, just with just the facts and no excuses this time. Then I asked him about his race, and we talked about how he had just run a PR, and he was really proud of his race. I immediately snapped out of my funk. He had just run much slower than I, but was elated at the result. God had sent me someone to gently tell me that I should be thankful for the ability that he gave me. We had a great discussion about his accomplishment. We can get so hung up on our own desires that we miss the blessings he is trying to share with us. Sometimes we notice and we are convicted. Other times, we don't even realize that we missed it. But I'm thankful for a God who loves us so much that he has the patience to endure our petulance, even though we don't deserve it. In this case, he gave me four times to get it right. The joy in that young fellow's eyes made me forget my own problems. 
It made me think about Hebrews 13 too. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some have unwittingly entertained angels. It's hmm. a good story, Dean. <clears throat> we all yeah. get we all get wrapped up in our own world sometimes, don't we? We do. We do this in running. We do this in our jobs. You know, just when we think we've had a bad day, gotta gotta bring somebody into our path that many times will encourage us, but make us realize we don't have it bad after all. You know, I'm, I'm known for saying this to our athletes. You know, when they have a bad race, somebody comes up and says, "How'd you do?" or "How'd it go?" or whatever. Just say, "I got beat." all you need to say you know but so many times we want to do excuses and self-pity and just exactly what you're talking about here but that number one that number one it doesn't point people to christ and number two it's just not a good look (laughs) it's it's just really not i mean we we all know the person you know i i'm sitting here thinking about one of your running peers that every time he has a bad race he starts listing off the Yep. list of things that went wrong and and we know that's not a good look but yet we do it. but ourselves. i'll still do it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yo, he does it to me i don't I, and I, he's talking about you and yeah. you know <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. yeah so i mean yeah there's a lot of wisdom in this story right here there sure. is i think from these other from another standpoint i you know how i am i get pretty i, I get fired up about stuff easy mm-hmm. right and and i know sometimes i get fired up about, and you're around and when you're around and I get fired up about stuff, you just look at me. <laughs> and you know, you know you don't have to say anything. It's just you just have to give me that look. Like, really? Really? And I look at it and I'm like, guy. Like I'm, when you couldn't get that I'm camera done. working just a little while ago? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> but I do the same thing. You know, we all, it's there again, it's iron sharpens iron here. You know, yeah. it's, we got to have each other. <laughs> If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You, yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. All right, so we're back. Become a Run for God coach. If you don't like the name, if you don't want to put the label coach on yourself, then put instructor. If you don't like the term instructor, put facilitator. Yeah. If you don't like the word facilitator, just make it a water boy. I don't know. (laughs) Get a group of people in your community, whether, whether you're an avid runner or not. We've had people teach this program who were learning to run in the process. They had never run in their life, True. and they taught it in their own community because there's no better way to learn than to teach, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I say that about everything. You know, if you if you want to learn how to play the guitar, start teaching to play the guitar. Great I, way, great way. I can do one better than that. I remember a guy who taught this, the 5K Challenge, from a wheelchair. Wow. Now, if a guy from a wheelchair can teach the 5K Challenge, please, please. What is We're, your we're listening. What is the excuse? 
So, yeah, we've already talked about, you know, we've got the Coach the Marathon Challenge Challenge coming up in January. If you don't want to do that, you know, maybe maybe you just want to teach the 5K Challenge. You know, that's the yeah. first 12 weeks of this. Yeah. You know, this isn't this doesn't have to be the Marathon Challenge. Maybe, maybe you're still, the, the verdict's still out on whether you're going to do that. Commit to the first 12 weeks. Yeah. Teach the 5K Challenge. Take people in your community to their first 5k and then make the decision whether you want to keep going that's fine too but bottom line is we need your help we need people on the ground because yes what we do here is great the facebook group is incredible but nothing beats that real facetime that we talked about you know people that you can talk to face to face cry with laugh with create new friendships that you've never had it's just incredible, and yeah. the gift box. We're, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna talk about the gift box again. It, it comes with a one year membership. It comes with the hoodie. It comes with the gift box, and it comes with the Run Club sticker. Incredible! You're starting to see pictures of them everywhere. People people are getting them in. They're opening them up and they're setting them up and taking pictures. Actually, Rebecca McDorse just sent me a video. Really cool video. Yeah. I mean, it's like a full blown product produced commercial. <laughs> She doesn't do anything happen. Right. <laughs> and uh, I saw it, and I said, Can, you care to send that to me? I'd like to. That'd be great to use. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's a great Christmas gift. We're, we're coming up on the Christmas shopping time. Um, you yeah. know, you, you, you'll have it in time for Christmas. Uh, and also, from now to next Monday, 25% off everything in the Run For God story except for that gift box by using the code CHRISTMAS at checkout. Yeah. That's great. All right. All right. You know, it's funny how God works things out. I, you know, we put together, we, 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 we kind of always put together kind of a script, kind of a loose way that we're going to do this thing and kind of the topics we're going to talk about. And so this next topic I had written down and then since I wrote this down and this was done, I've heard more on this topic. Really funny how God just puts those things together. Yeah. So we're talking about vitamins and supplements. Mm -hmm. Do you take vitamins and supplements? You know, I'm the guy that I always have a bottle on my bathroom counter, but it usually expires before I get through the bottle. (laughs) I'm that guy. Oh, I know the importance of it. And I, I mean, how can it be so hard to reach down when I'm brushing my teeth to grab one, put it in my mouth. But yeah, I've, I think they're critically important for many people. I I just I'm not I'm not, I'm not faithful in taking them though. Well, let me give you another side. Maybe that's going to change after this conversation. Well, I don't know. I haven't researched since I heard this. Actually, I just heard it this morning. Okay. And so this is this is fascinating, and I want to really research this. But basically, so here's this is unvetted information right here. A hundred percent unvetted. Yeah. Okay. This is and this isn't Dean saying this. This right. is re- me parroting what someone else said. But they basically said. Eating enough food and taking enough supplements to get all the vitamins and minerals you need is not a thing. That there's no possible way for any human being to get all the vitamins and supplements that we need. Mm. And I thought, that, that doesn't sound right. It doesn't, that doesn't feel right. What about the percentages of daily values you read? That's what he says. He says you can't get all that. And um, anyway, he was talking, he started out talking specifically about vitamin D because, you know, some people, some people say, well, vitamin D, uh, this, and there were, he was actually a, a tweet that somebody had sent out saying, vitamin D, if you're taking vitamin D as a supplement, you're wasting your time. 
it does no good. You might as well be taking a sugar pill. It's no good that you got to get your vitamin D from the sun. And we know that. We know that that's the best way to get vitamin D is to be out in the sun. But the truth is, is that there's only a few regions on the planet and only a few months during the year in those zones where you can actually get enough vitamin D in your body to have enough vitamin D according to the RDA. So that was that was kind of how he jumped off into this whole vitamins and supplements thing. And I think that's interesting, but I don't think it's true. I do know that like 90% of people in, in, in America are vitamin D deficient. I do know that, and mm-hmm. that's that's really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would like to think, I'm not, I haven't had my vitamin D checked. I would love to have it checked because I take vitamin D every single day. And I'm out in the sun a pretty good bit every single day. And so I would love to check my vitamin D level and see if mine is high enough. But interesting. What do you think? I I don't care for people like this guy. (laughs) I don't. And and here's why. It's like, and you've done this, you've done this before too. So I'm going to, I'm going to, it's like the whole water thing. You know, I used to tell our athletes, you need to drink a hundred ounces. And I was definitive yeah. And I was authoritative when I said you, and we're talking about 10 year olds, 12 year olds, 14 year olds, Right, you need to drink a hundred ounces a day. And then people will come along and say, well, that's too much. Oh, that's not true. Oh, that's not enough or whatever. You're missing the point. I'm trying to get <laughs> 10, 12, 14 year olds yeah. to drink enough water yeah. because most of them don't drink any water. And if you, if you if you don't make it firm, they're not going to do anything. Yeah, it's like you can argue all day long about how much sleep is the right amount—six hours, eight hours, ten hours. Well, I tell my kids you need to get eight hours of sleep. Well, that may be a little too much for them. It may be not enough for them. But the point is, you need to get a lot of sleep. Vitamins. I don't think anybody on the planet can argue that taking a multivitamin is a bad thing but then you have somebody like this guy come along <laughs> and make it look like it's a bad thing when the point is it may not be enough but it's better than nothing yeah so oh you just got into my <laughs> crawl on that one Dean. <laughs> and the truth is here's the truth the truth is we need to be eating good foods that have a lot of these nutrients sure you should them. get the and majority get as, of it from and food get, yeah and get as much as you can but having said all of that about all of what I just said about what this guy said, here's what I take. I take fish oil, iron, vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin B12, potassium, zinc, and magnesium every morning. Mm-hmm. So separately, I don't take a multivitamin. I take all of these as separate pills. I get a whole handful that I take because several of these I take, I take two of them. So I think I take 16 pills in the morning. Do you morning. really? Yep. Wow. And, um, I feel better taking them than I do if I don't take them. And so I feel like they do some good. That's my opinion. I also, so, uh, from a supplement standpoint, every when I get through running, the first thing I do, I get through running, I go home. If I've got on a wet shirt, I take it off, put on a dry shirt. I immediately go to the kitchen. I fix a smoothie. Mm. Because of the, you know, the, the rule about protein, carbohydrates after a run, I figure the smoothie is a good way to get that stuff in my body. And so I do that as soon as I get home. And, and it's got amla powder, 
uh, also known as golden berries. Um, beet powder, it's got chlorella in it, it's got protein powder, and it's got golden milk in it. And I usually put uh, acai uh, juice in mm-hmm. with it and then, and then some almond milk on top of that. This is the same guy that will email us criticizing the 5K Challenge training plan. The, the who is? The, the guy that oh, read oh. Yeah. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I'm going back to this guy because it's really got me irritated. It's like we've had people criticize the 5K Challenge training plan. We're trying to get people who have never run in their life <laughs> to their first 5K. I'm not trying to foster chapter guy here. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> That's I'll be quiet now. Yeah. <laughs> It's all good. It's all good. I, it, but you know what? That's why I and and as Christians, I think we got we should do a good job of this. When we hear an opposing view from what we think, I think we need to be open to that. Now, it doesn't mean we have to agree with it. Just like we don't agree with this guy, mm-hmm. but you know, it was really fascinating for me to hear it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It makes me want to do. It makes me want to go out there and learn a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good thing. So even if I complete, if, even if I decide he's full of it, I don't believe a word he said. It's all a bunch of bunk. So I'm you're gonna, way more open-minded on that stuff than me. I just, I, I like to explore both sides of things. I've told, yeah. I've said it on this podcast before. There's biblical principles that are hard-nosed biblical principles that I will go, I want to I wanna really dig into the right. root of that issue because I don't want to take for granted that that's true. Sure. I want to I see it for sure. myself. And I, I think that's a, it's healthy for us. And it's better to take those people who do those things and are contrarian to us um, and and absorb that mm-hmm. and then dig a little bit deeper. And it, it gives us a firmer, our faith is a really good example. When somebody challenges our faith, what do we do? Well, the first thing we do is we go and we learn mm-hmm. more about that subject that we, maybe we weren't real firm in our rebuttal to that person. Well, you know what? The next time it comes up, I'm going to be firm. Sure. And I think that's good. Yeah. Good word. All right. We have a trivia question for this week. So this one is kind of a general question. I kind of like this one. Here's the question. Name three reasons or more, if you want, why professional running times are better today than they were 50 years ago. Just three reasons why, in general, the, the, the fastest people in the world are faster than they were 50 years ago. I think I can come up with three. Oh, I know you can come up with three. Yeah, yeah. But I think this is something worth. It's One worth of them is they at. didn't listen to this guy that you were just That's researching. <laughs> uh, do some research on that. Find out, uh, and send your answer. The first person to send the answer to me at Dean at Run for God will win. Will win one of these. Uh, will the run a uh, run club box? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, with a T-shirt, you got to send your T-shirt size too, so we sure. know. And it does have to be Dean at RunForGod.com. Not customer service, not Facebook Messenger. Dean needs to know who sends it first. That's right. All right. Every week we share a reason why running is so awesome, and this week this is why running is so awesome. Technology has made it more fun than ever. Hmm. You know, GPS. Strava, being able to go online and see what everybody else is doing and uh, heart rate training, you know, the, our phones that we can listen to podcasts and, yeah. and, you know, music and stuff like that. All of that stuff has just made running. And it's amazing how it's all come about 
in just a very very short period of time because yeah. if you if you go out here uh if you go out to the road in front of my house you'll you can still very faintly see orange lines painted where i would have a line there and i would have a line three miles out in front of Arnell school yeah and i knew that that was three miles and i have i started running late in life yeah and I experienced that just in my short period of time of running. So and now we take GPS watches for granted. Like, yeah, everybody's got a GPS watch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can remember. I, I mean, if you don't wear your watch, it don't count nowadays. <laughs> well, of course, our college girls, they all have GPS watches because they're all very serious about it. But we have so many of these high school runners who don't have a GPS watch. And I look, at them, I'm like, how can you be a runner? And I have a GPS watch. It just doesn't seem to make sense. But to your point. 15 years ago, nobody had one. You know what? Uh, talking about GPS watches, and I meant to call you about this when it happened. At the state, high school state cross country meet this year, I was at the starting box with the guys as they were getting ready. And the uh, inspector come around. You know how they inspect their number and their, make sure it matches their chip and all have to be there. Well, the guy said, do any of you have GPS watches on? And a few of our guys started to take them off because you know you're not supposed to wear them. Right. And he said... Just make sure they're not transmitting. <laughs> I, I, I don't no understand. I don't even know what that means. I, I don't either. Yeah. It's like make sure that the GPS isn't turned on. Okay. Well. What? <laughs> that's that's like giving somebody a crack cigarette and saying don't smoke it. I mean, I, I don't. <laughs> why? why are, I don't know why they they've taken that stance now. It's like if you're not supposed to have them. Then just don't have them. Then just don't have them. Don't don't tell a bunch of fifteen to eighteen year olds. Well, you can have them, but don't turn it on because <laughs> you know three quarters of them are going to have them turned on. Yeah, because they want to see their splits and not rely on whatever. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, uh, at that meet. Yeah. Also, the fact that they called a false start. Yeah. Did you hear about that? I did hear about that. They were almost but, a minute into the race, so, and they. I mean, people were probably. 300 meters in yeah the leaders were and they said it happened in the first 100 meters but it wasn't true yeah anyway well related to that false start that same guy you were talking about a little while ago he called me i was talking to him about the race we were talking about his (laughs) race and stuff and he said uh i was asking him you know he didn't read he didn't meet his goal i was asking him why he didn't meet his goal and he used the false start as one of the reasons why he didn't do as well as he was. And so I said, well, hold on a second. Now, so let me understand this. So there was a false start, and you were the only one that had to go back and start over. <laughs> and he said, no. And I'm like, oh, oh, I thought by the way you were saying it, you were different than everybody else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, All right, no. we've got off some, some rabbit trails today. Yes, we have. We do have a motivational thought of the week, and this one comes from Walt Disney with the with the the uh, Disney Marathon coming up here soon. Such this, wisdom in this quote. Yes, there is. The way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's we do that all the time. <laughs> we we talk about it before we that's get right. started. That's we right. need to go. Yep. All right, everybody, you're doing great. Um, we're so proud of you for where you are and what you're doing. Uh, for those of you in the Couch to Marathon plan, for those of you outside the Couch Marathon plan that are just a part of Run Club, um, man, just keep uh, keep being encouraging to those around. We, we got a lot of people who are in there, and they're seeing a lot of this correspondence about the current Couch to Marathon plan. Yeah, 
they're, they've signed up to get on board in 2022. Look, look at these people that you're seeing while well, I'm in here with just a bunch of runners. Understand that the majority of these people that you're seeing talking about running this marathon started right where you're at. That's right. Just 12 months ago. Yeah. So use that as encouragement. For sure. All right. Now may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.